to wrestling recommendations episode 29 i am your host eddie shepherd along with uh the live to tape uh travis laster uh coming to you from disney world right now probably yeah. uh drinking around the world or uh riding the tower of terror or just probably having a miserable time Hogan's <laughs> beat shot brother that's all the reason i'm going Ugh. well yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to message me when you're there see if they got anything i might want i hope i hope terry's there then I can get him to tell him, tell everybody that Brandon A. Lene from Canada A sucks. Lena Mania can suck a dick. <laughs> yeah, Lena Mania isn't forever, brother. Hulkamania is. Brother. So, brother. Travis, this, this week, the Will of Destiny decided on a special two out of three falls match from Extreme Rules 2012 featuring the world heavyweight champion, Sheamus, taking on Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's kind of a forgotten uh, match. Uh, this is the time when Daniel Bryan really starts taking off to that next level. And uh, what was thought to be a curse of him losing his world title at WrestleMania turns into the start of the biggest run of his career. And the crowd is super hot. It's Chicago, and they are behind Daniel Bryan. So like you were just saying, Sheamus, we're going to talk about the world heavyweight champion first. Stephen Farley, or Farley was born in Dublin, Ireland on January 28, 1978. Sheamus was inspired to become a professional wrestler by watching British wrestling on World of Sport and the WWF. A lot of wrestlers in the UK grew up watching World of Sport. It was kind of their go-to. Really all they had, because, I mean, they would get WWF, but it'd be like 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, stuff like that. The, the parents aren't going to let their kids step. See, one of the reasons I kind of know this is because I downloaded a torrent file of every Sunday Night Heat from 2000 because I'm cool. And uh, they're actually the UK versions. And they're telling you that it com- it's coming on at 4 o'clock. And then the pay-per-views and stuff like that that are live are coming on at like 1, 2 in the morning. So Sunday Night Heat was like the only thing they had in the afternoons in, in the early 2000s, which is kind of rough. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrible. <laughs> and it's 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 crazy because there there's UK specific promos, so it almost makes me want to go find the US versions of those Sunday Night Heats and just see what the differences were. Because Cactus Jack just cut a promo before Royal Rumble 2000, and he's talking to the UK crowd, and he even mentions the UK crowd instead of the US crowd. So it's kind of kind of cool. It'd be cool to see the differences. Oh yeah, only you would like to watch Sunday Night Heat in '99 and 2000. Hey Maybe man, 2000. At least I had downloads. Well, I do have Saturday night, but I haven't thrown that in there yet because I haven't watched the other Saturday nights before it. Oh, damn. Following advice given to him by Brett the Hitman Hart, he began training at Larry Sharp's Monster Factory Wrestling School in April 2002 alongside Cliff Compton. He is, I can't remember if it's Deuce or Domino. Uh, God, I, th- I want to say it's Deuce. Um, cause he has that, uh, wake up time to die that we watched with, uh, doc gallows, AKA sex Ferguson. That is hilarious on high spots. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, did one of the road, uh, diaries with Colt Cabana and, uh, Luke gallows as well. It's pretty funny. Good stuff. Six weeks later, he officially made his debut as a fan favorite under the name Seamus O'Shaughnessy. He soon suffered a serious neck injury after botching a hip toss fucking yarder which would sideline him for two years god bless man like and to think that just save his longevity in wwe now how that how that hasn't came into play more in oh, his yeah. uh, career now because well, I mean, he he, 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 was only, style. he was only training for six weeks he should have been training a little bit longer than that i understand you want to get out in front of a crowd and work but i mean you got to take it slow on some of this stuff in may 2004 still using the name seamus o'shaughnessy 
fairly returned to wrestling. Between 2005 and 2006, he began traveling all throughout the UK, where he would eventually begin feuding with a young Drew Galloway, a.k.a. Drew McIntyre, where he claimed Drew was his toughest opponent and claimed they were having the best matches on the UK independent scene. That's Banger wild. Brothers, the Banger Bros. This was, what, 20-plus years? Almost 19, 18 yeah. years ago? That's yeah. nuts. That's crazy that they were feuding all the way back then, and then they just had a match at WrestleMania together. That's pretty cool. In November 2006, Sheamus appeared on Raw as part of the security team ejecting DX from ringside, only for him to be pedigreed by Triple H. The next day, he and Drew Galloway had a tryout match against each other. In April 2007, he received another set of tryout matches in Milan and London against Drew Galloway, Jimmy Wang Yang, and Cliff Compton. This led to him signing a developmental contract with WWE. Sheamus debuted in FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling, in October 2007, and he would eventually win the Florida Heavyweight Championship. In May 2009, he began appearing at the Raw brand's house shows, defeating Jamie Noble. In June 2009 on ECW, Sheamus made his unannounced debut, quickly defeating a local jobber. Sheamus would feud with Goldust and Shelton Benjamin throughout his short run in ECW. 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 Not the good one. But was there a good one? It's a trick question. Yeah. You know my thoughts on that. I don't know. Right. Yeah. He was then moved to the Raw brand, making his Raw debut by defeating Jamie Noble in October 2009. In the following weeks, he continued to, attack, continued to attack Jamie Noble, causing him to retire. The following week, Sheamus appeared on his first WWE pay-per-view Survivor Series when he was a part of the Miz's team in a traditional five-on-five elimination tag team match. He made the final pinfall to eliminate the opposing captain, John Morrison, and survived alongside the Miz and Drew McIntyre. It's kind of weird because that's kind of a youth movement around this time period. Yep, you're starting to see some fresh faces. And ECW, um, I know we just shit on it, but uh, ECW is a big proponent of that. They were bringing in new guys for specifically for ECW, like Kofi Kingston, uh, the Major Brothers, Sheamus, CM Punk even got started there. I mean, that's where John Morrison gets his singles push, stuff like that. So, I mean, they did have that youth movement happening through that brand a lot. We got to think about it too. A lot of the older guys, there's not really anybody left. I mean, you have Triple H, Batista is about about to be on the way out. Um, you and then of Cena. course the, Cena. Then the Nexus is going to propel here shortly. Uh, right after that as well, even getting more younger guys. Uh, only bad thing is is Orton and Cena were feuding with each other around this time, and it's nonstop, same matches, same shit. Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, then you still have some people like Jericho, but he was got a part-time. Big Show couldn't decide if he was face or heel. I mean, they desperately needed new stars, and this was kind of their start of it, uh, as I'm sure you're about to, to allude to. Oh, yes. The following night on Raw, Sheamus would win a breakthrough battle royal for wrestlers who had never won a world championship to become the number one contender to John Cena's WWE title. I remember this because I watched it live and I was like, awesome. People are going to get a chance. I thought Kofi Kingston was going to win this battle Royal. Sheamus turns out and wins it. I think Randy Orton was the only person who was a champion that was put into the battle Royal. And that's when they were doing the guest host. Do you remember who the guest host was? I do not. It was Jesse Ventura. Oh my God. Cause Back Jesse and Vince do commentary and Vince wears the powder blue jacket. Before before Jesse goes off the deep end and you never hear from him again with all of his conspiracy theories. His mm-hmm. hair was not on point at this time either. His his <laughs> conspiracy theories are interesting to listen to. And then on top of that, you gotta think, man, he had he was rocking the gray skullet, uh trying to be like the hippie at this point. All of a sudden after he was a fucking governor and straight lace like dude and a, a badass, I ain't got time to bleed, and now he's a hippie. Wearing tassel yeah. jackets. Get out of here. Hey, he can say whatever he wants. He did. He had great commentary in 1992, 93 WCW. True. When he wasn't sleeping in the back and getting called Barry Bischoff. It'd be like that sometimes. Going back to Sheamus. At the TLC pay-per-view, Sheamus defeated John Cena to win his first WWE title 
by putting John Cena through a table. This would make him the first Irish-born WWE champion. He also won the title in just 166 days since his WWE debut, making it the third shortest time to capture a title. Uh, He would hold the title until Elimination Chamber after he was eliminated by Triple H. During the match, Sheamus suffered a legit concussion and would, uh, as a result, would not be able to attend Raw the following night. They would have a match at WrestleMania 26 with Triple H coming out as the winner. At Extreme Rules 2010, Sheamus defeated Triple H in a street fight, ending their feud. I remember the the story about Sheamus and Drew was they were friends with Sean and Triple H. And I remember that was kind of like the big thing is like, oh, Sheamus is workout buddies with Triple H, and that's why he's getting this push. Yeah, that was a lot of it. This is what they were saying. And but and you got to think, like, kudos to them for trying to elevate two guys. I mean, at this time, too. I mean, workout buddies or not, they're trying to make a couple of new stars for the to build the WWE on. Yeah. It's something they always try to do, and I feel like they, you know, one person gets through and everyone else just kind of falls by the wayside. But I guess, you know, that's kind of the nature of the business. At June 2010's Fatal 4-Way pay-per-view, Sheamus won a Fatal 4-Way match after interference from the Nexus that allowed him to pin John Cena and winning the WWE title for the second time. He would continue to feud with the likes of John Cena and Randy Orton throughout the summer of 2010 before finally losing the title at Night of Champions to Randy Orton in a six-pack challenge elimination match. That's right around the same time you and me actually became friends. Mm-hmm. That is so right around them. the same time. Yeah, because the Miz gets uh, the Money in the Bank contract, and we keep we, we watched it happen live on Raw. And we called it. We did. <laughs> we did. Good times. Can't believe we've been friends that long. Fucking loser. Fuck you. <laughs> love you. That Nove- love you too. Always have. That November, he would go on to win the King of the Ring and be known as King Sheamus. He would mainly feud with John Morrison throughout that period. In March 2011, after losing a match against Daniel Bryan, Sheamus challenged him to a rematch with his WWE career on the line against Daniel Bryan's U.S. Championship. He won his match against Daniel Bryan the following week, winning his first United States title. The rematch between Sheamus and Bryan took place on April 3rd, during the pre-show of WrestleMania 27 and ended in a draw after interference from the Lumberjacks. It would then become a battle royal. I got to tell you, I remember this because I I didn't watch the pre-show and I watched Mania and I was such a Daniel Bryan fan. And I was like, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus are going to have a fucking banger of a match. And then I'm watching the show and then all of a sudden we finally get to the main event. I'm like, where the fuck was Daniel Bryan's match? Yep. I I remember... Like and it's crazy because two years in a row they're technically wrestling each other at WrestleMania and uh, they talk about it that they were so disappointed that their match got bumped to the pre-show because uh, they could have they could have done a lot with their match at Mania and then it's, it's not any better the next year because they do the eighteen seconds thing when I really wanted to see them wrestle at that point. Yeah, really, the match that we're going to cover is pretty much their Mania match if you really yep. want to break it down. In July 2011, Sheamus started a feud with Mark Henry over Mark being a bully, turning him babyface in the process. He would feud with Henry and Christian throughout the rest of 2011. Uh, We didn't mention this as well. He actually would lose the the United States Championship and would be drafted to SmackDown before he started uh, feuding with Mark Henry. Um, But I remember that because one of those matches took place at Money in the Bank. The infamous Money in the Bank. Be a star, brother. Be a star. Sheamus would then go on to win the Royal Rumble, and he would be entered at uh, number 22 and last eliminate pretty much the odds-on favorite Chris Jericho to earn a championship match at WrestleMania. So pissed because I was like, Jericho's going to come back. He's going to win the Rumble. He's going to go to Mania. It's going to be great. Nope. Sheamus won it. And I was like, God damn it. And then Jericho ends up getting a damn – doesn't title, yeah, anyway. title match anyways was the damn point like it's so it was so bad i get why they did it because they everybody wanted jericho to win it but come on man give the people what they want yeah that's when jericho came out and like shook the camera and was just like yeah and then he would just leave and we watched that on raw at fridays back when we used to hang out friday r.i.p fridays they tore it down bud i know man our initials were carved in the booth and, and you know not in a lover's tale kind of way, but, you know, just a friend's way. It was kind of like How I Met Your Mother, how they always had their booth. We had our booth at that Friday's. Tim right, and they always knew we were coming on Monday they nights. Did. They'd have shots ready. 
man, that was good times. We're old now. At the 2012 Elimination Chamber, Sheamus would attack World Heavyweight Champion Daniel Bryan after Bryan retained his title, thus challenging Daniel Bryan for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 28. On the other side of the ring, Travis, Daniel Bryan, we have talked about Daniel Bryan with his match against Samoa Joe in 2006, Ring of Honor, and his match mm-hmm. with John Cena at SummerSlam 2013. So we're pretty much going to pick up where Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank contract. At Money in the Bank 2011, Bryan won the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match, which earned him a World Heavyweight Championship match at any point during the following year. On a July episode of SmackDown, Bryan declared that he would cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase that following year's WrestleMania. After several months of losing matches, Bryan began a feud with then-World Heavyweight Champion Mark Henry after Henry challenged Bryan to a non-title match to prove that Bryan could not become champion. During the match, Big Show knocked out Henry, making Bryan lose by disqualification. As his friend, Big Show then urged a groggy Bryan to cash in his Money in the Bank contract, but Mark Henry recovered and attacked both of them before the match could even start. This would continue throughout November into December with the attacks by Mark Henry. He just continued to attack him. Also in November, Brian started being involved in a romantic storyline with AJ Lee. Brian would finally cash in his Money in the Bank contract at TLC against Big Show after his grueling match with Mark Henry to win the World Heavyweight Championship. We watched that, that show live at TJ's. I remember that. Yep. And he cashed in and we kind of we lost our shit. And yeah, everybody it was, did. It was thing because like Big Show finally beats Mark Henry, wins the world title. And then Daniel Bryan cashes in, wins it. And I was like, hell yeah. He gets on the table and he's like, yes, to, to Michael Cole. And Michael's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I I was I was like, man, this isn't gonna last long. They're, they're gonna they're gonna kill him. They're just getting doing this to get the briefcase off of him before mania. That was That's my what thought. I thought too. Yeah. In the following weeks, tension rose between Daniel Bryan and Big Show, with Big Show unhappy about Bryan taking the world championship from him. Around this time, Brian began to show a cocky side during his matches and would turn heel. This is also around the time he would start the Yes Chance. I believe he took these. I think we talked about it on the uh, SummerSlam episode with John Cena. He took these chants, the Yes Chance, from Diego Sanchez. He was an MMA fighter, uh, fought in the UFC, and I was a fan of Diego Sanchez. He was wild. But Diego would go to the ring and he'd go, yes, yes, as he was, you know, to hype himself up. So Daniel Bryan saw that. And he he ran with it and made it his own. Really, he made it made it as an annoying touch to his heel character, like that he was always going to win. And you know, yes, 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 and, and it becomes a staple of his entire career. It still follows him around now in AEW. Oh yeah, it's hard to get away from. It's kind of you know, it's his calling card. It's the what? It was the new mm. watch, yet, but it, even better, it wasn't. It wasn't annoying. Uh, despite AJ's declaration of love for him. Brian avoided saying that he loved her in return. Brian would defend the title in a triple threat steel cage match at the Royal Rumble, where Brian escaped the cage after freeing himself from Big Show's grasp to retain the championship. Create a finish. I liked it. Yep. I, I did it too. At Elimination Chamber 2012, Brian defeated Big Show, Cody Rhodes, the Great Kali, Santino Morella, and Wade Barrett in an Elimination Chamber match to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. If you ever want to know which title was the B title, you just got your answer. Yeah, like just look at the people they have in the match against against him. Like uh, Santino Morello is like probably one and only world title shot. On yeah, he had a good run though. The crowd was super yeah. hyped for it. It's just it was amazing to see like Brian win that. I was like, this is this is how they're going to get it off of him. They're going to put it back on Big Show. They're you know this is how they everybody's going to team up on him and he's not going to win the belt and. I was pleasantly surprised he kept winning it, kept kept holding on to it. Yeah, same here, same here. After the match, Royal Rumble winner Sheamus attacked Daniel Bryan and chose him as his WrestleMania opponent. We just talked about that. In March 2011, Bryan began to mistreat AJ, publicly demanding her to shut up and claiming that she always got in his way. Even after all of this, AJ Lee continued to stand by Daniel Bryan. However... Brian's reign as world heavyweight champion would end at 105 days when Sheamus defeated him in 18 seconds at WrestleMania 28 due to Brian being distracted with receiving a good luck kiss from AJ. So mad. Just, I remember watching that. I was like, that's it. That's it. 
I watched but, that. I watched that WrestleMania at B Dubs, and Daniel Bryan came down to the ring, and he was over. It was loud. Like I feel mm-hmm. like almost nobody else got the pop that he got that night. Oh, everybody was behind him, man. That that was the crazy thing about it, and and it it's what catapults him to what he becomes because people instantly turn on Sheamus, shit on him, and you you if you watch the entrances to this match, you will hear it and see it. Oh yes. Like you couldn't deny that he was going to be a baby face. He like they they had to make him a baby face. Uh, at the time, you know, I thought it killed his character, but the fans completely stuck behind him. That Raw after Mania, you know, the whole night they chanted yes and Daniel Bryan, and he literally, you know, said, you know, I'm gonna they're gonna have to make me a new T-shirt, and they did, and I owned it, you owned it, our buddy TJ owned it, everyone had that shirt, the yes shirt. Well, and you got to think like. That probably would have been the end of his character or the end of him being a main eventer if that that hadn't happened. Cause he would have probably got his rematch here and then just fell off the fell off the face of the uh the world title scene. But then he gets the match with Punk where he wears that, that gear Vince McMahon hates and then it just snowballs from there. Oh yeah, the uh Travis Bickle taxi driver gear. Mm-hmm. Yep. It looks cool. I like it. It looks I awesome. did too. Uh, on the following episode of SmackDown, uh, Daniel Bryan blamed AJ for his title loss and ended their relationship. Despite AJ's attempts to mend the relationship, Bryan refused. Sheamus would begin to taunt him for losing so quickly, even wearing a shirt that said 18 seconds. He actually wears it out in this match. Mm-hmm. It was then announced that Daniel Bryan would get his rematch at Extreme Rules in a two out of three falls match, which leads us right into this match. Travis, the show Extreme Rules 2012 took place on April 29th, 2012 at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, pretty much Chicago. The attendance, 14,817. Fun fact, as I was doing my research, this is one of the only shows rated TV 14 since they went to PG in 2008. Is it because of Lesnar? It's because of Lesnar. That match is brutal. It's not on our list, and I feel like we almost need to add that match to our list just because it's fucking bonkers. Yeah, and Lesnar takes some crazy ass bumps in that match. It, it is well. I and I, man, Chicago crowd, every you know, just this arena is Stone Cold Steve Austin's favorite arena, the Rosemont Rosemont Horizon. It, it's a fucking great place, man. Oh yeah, some history yeah, in this place. It does. Uh, WrestleMania 13 in that same area. Uh, here's the card we got. So Randy Orton defeated Kane in a Falls Count Anywhere match. That was a rematch. From their match at WrestleMania, mm. Rodus Clay defeated Dolph Ziggler. Somebody call my mama. Some of these matches are filler matches, and you can pretty much see that. But they're they're trying to make, you know, you're trying to give people a calm down point. You, you'll see it with the flow of this. Cody Rhodes defeated the Big Show in a tables match for the WWE Intercontinental Title. Big Show accidentally steps through a table. It's kind of a creative finish, but it's kind of fucking stupid too. Had to get away to get Cody the win because they didn't think he could actually believably beat him, which was kind of dumb. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you would get this match between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan in a two out of three falls match. Ryback defeated two jobbers. Oh, told you fuck, this is kind of fuck Ryback. Fuck him. Fuck him so hard. CM Punk defeated Chris Jericho in a Chicago street fight for the WWE championship. That match is on our list. Yeah, and the coolest thing about that match, one of the cool things about the match is they actually come out in street fight gear. They're not wearing their gear. They're yep. they're in like jeans, tape fist, boots. I think CM um, Punk's wearing like a Misfits drug-free shirt. Mm-hmm. And this cool. is during the whole, your dad was an alcoholic storyline. Yeah, it's weird how all these matches, they're better than the matches that happened at Mania. Yeah. And that's not a Mania to like shit on that's you know we get the end of an era hell in a cell and punk and jericho still have a good match it's just not great this match is better i just feel like they didn't have some of the matches didn't have the time they needed at mania and sometimes they they had time for flow rider man well and then sometimes they go into it thinking uh yeah we're just gonna do a rematch at backlash so i mean that that sucks too because i feel like mania should be the blow-off to most of your feuds, not so you just have a damn rematch at Backlash, which that's been happening since what? Uh, pretty much 99, Rock and Austin. 
have the rematch, yep. which and made then sense. Triple H, Triple H, and The Rock the following year. Because it made sense there, though, because Rock cashes in his rematch, whereas some of these don't make sense. Uh, of course, we get one more little down slope. Layla defeated Nikki Bella for the Divas Championship. This is still the Divas title, so that's how long back this is. It's a very dark time for women's wrestling. Ugh. However, Layla was great. I, I can't say anything bad about her. I've never been a Bella's fan. To the you know three female listeners we have, I'm sorry, but the Bella Twins suck. Uh, Brie did, Brie did too. I, they just were never good in the ring to me. Like they were the annoying heels that held a belt that they really shouldn't have held. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then of course the main event, that crazy ass match, John Cena versus Brock Lesnar in an extreme rules match. Lesnar get, uh, cuts him open, cuts Cena open super early. I think it was with an elbow. He cuts him and they glue him up and they just keep going. And, uh, it's just an all out war for Lesnar's first match back. The wrong guy won. I don't think Cena should have won that. I I think a lot of that was they didn't know how long they were going to have Brock or what was really going to come of it. But you got to think they had to be a little gun shy. I mean, the dude walked out when they were going to make him the face of the company for years to come. So who's to say he wouldn't just do that again. So maybe this is his proven moment to be like, yeah, stick around. Cena at the end of that match, he thinks Lesnar fucked his arm up. Mm -hmm, Because it's swollen. It is yep. swollen because we were all. I remember us sitting there, being like, "Dude, his arm's fucked. He he's out. He's gonna be out for a while because his arm truly was like puffed up, like he had tore bicep or tricep or something." It's a great match. We're gonna add it to the list. It's not gonna be on this week's uh, Will of Destiny, but next week it'll definitely be on our list. And that's the show right there. So before their match, Brian would cut a hill promo and leaving Channing. Yes, although you would see AJ almost stalking him in the distance. She did not come out with him. For the match. No. And that leads us right into this match, Travis. Before we get rolling, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. And we are back, Travis. If you want to watch along this episode with us, guys, you can pull up your Peacock app and go to the search bar, search Extreme Rules. It's going to be Season 4, Episode 1. We're going to start at the 1 hour, 1 minute, and 25 second mark. You're going to see a young-looking Daniel Bryan on screen here. And uh, Bell's just about to ring. So, Travis, are you ready, my friend? I am ready. All righty. We're going to say 3, 2, 1 to play and get this bad boy on the road. Three. Two, one, play. All right. And a brand is focused as fuck, by the way. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned it before we even got into the match, but these guys were actually slated to wrestle each other three separate times at WrestleMania. They were slated to wrestle at that on the pre-show, um, which we talked about, the 18-second match at WrestleMania 28. And then they were originally penciled in to wrestle each other at WrestleMania 30. Yep. Man would have finally given them the match that they deserved at Mania, but Daniel Bryan's uh, third WrestleMania 30 turned out a lot better than uh, just a bit, just a yeah. bit. Already going for the bro kick there. Who will say who Sheamus work at WrestleMania 30? I don't even know, man. Like, um, I can't it was think a of Daniel, it. Daniel Bryan show, but um, uh, was he teaming with Cesaro at the time? I can't remember. No, no. um, because Cesaro jo- uh, wins the Under the Giant Memorial, true. Um, Seamus always made the bro kick look fucking good and pretty vicious too. So good, good move for him to have in his repertoire. Yeah, this match is great. Uh, Seamus has said that he's actually stated this is one of his favorite matches he's ever had. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great damn match. Uh, two out of three falls and the story they tell with the falls is really good too. So I'm always, always down for good two out of three falls. Balls match, you know. Uh, for the longest time, I, I I I was on the bandwagon with everybody else. I just did not like Sheamus. 
I felt that there was just no character there. Uh, and then he developed like this, the brawling brutes gimmick and stuff. And he's talking about having banger after banger. Dude legit has been. He has been on fucking fire. Uh, my least favorite Seamus is when he wears the dreads and he's part of the, what was the faction with Del Rio? League, League, League of Le- League of League Nations. Of Nations. I think I think Cesaro is just in the the battle royal, man. To be honest with you, or at Sheamus? WrestleMania thirty, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Sheamus. Like, well, he got the nice. short end of that stick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, so he just hit the. Uh, uh, Mister Kennedy used to always do it, but he would you know get him up for like a death eye driver, and he'd do like a flip over, um, and, and land right on him. Sheamus keeps you know trying to put on the. Texas Cloverleaf, and oh man, he he wrenches this fucker in. He's on his damn neck. Yeah, he's just it's just a good match, good damn match. Yeah, Sheamus made the final oh, four. Sorry, of the oh. Battle Royal that night. I was gonna say you're in depth in this conversation about yeah. fucking WrestleMania 30. I I just I had to find out after we couldn't think of it off the top of our heads. I knew it wasn't a big moment. So. I know we're we're not watching this. Brian's trying to roll. Mr. Him up small here. package. Yeah, Mr. Small, small package. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Smackage. Great clothesline. Uh, we're watching this without the commentary. However, that's a plus because Booker T's on commentary and he fucking sucks. He's not. He's not got any better guys. He truly hasn't. And Cole and King are okay, but like this is still around the time where Cole's half heel, half face. So. He's all over the place. He is, but at the same time, it's hilarious because he starts ripping on Booker T, and it's fucking funny. Oh, yeah, you're true. Because, like, him and King both do towards the end of this match and make fun of, like, his suit he's wearing and, like, his commentary skills. This is a staple of Daniel Bryan's wrestling style here. Boom. Yeah. He's th- he actually came up with that little, you know, he does you know does the moonsault out of the corner. They duck the clothesline, hits the running clothesline. He came up with that when he joined the WWE, he said he needed something that was kind of flashy for when he actually got to the, to the show. And that's what, uh, that's what he came up with and kind of, it's become a staple. Dude, do you notice who's in the front row of this match? I did not. Weird, creepy oh. guy and his mom. Oh man. I wonder what happened to them. You never hear they're about the, them anymore. Sorry. They're on the second row. Oh man. Uh, so Seamus bad, right there. Seamus. Bad time to say this COVID. <laughs> who knows, man? Who really yeah. knows? Um, really quick too. We didn't get fucking the Vlad documentary, and I'm still pissed about that. Yep, I am too. I was looking forward to that. Ooh, oh, right. God. Oh. Yeah, it's a that was a rough spot. I, I don't know if they he kind of tripped himself up, but he dropped you know drove him right into the barricade. It was nasty. Hey, yeah, it looked like it almost knocked the air out of him, which it probably did. But yeah, he's sitting right down there behind young John Cena kid. I saw him. I just saw him. Crazy thing is the crowd is split at first. I mean, there, it's probably about 60-40, Brian. But there's there's still quite a few people saying, let's go Seamus and stuff like that. Uh, you mentioned it before, and I, I don't think we watched this show together because Mm-mm. the first time I saw this match was live. My brother ordered it. It's when I moved out to Newport, and I was staying out there with my brother, and he ordered it, and we watched this show, and I was just like, holy shit, this show is awesome. I can't remember where I watched. I almost want to say I watched it with TJ. Maybe we may have went to Buffalo Wild Wings. I can't. I can't honestly remember. But um, I remember I watched it live because I was like freaking out, texting you about how Lesnar was killing himself. Yes, I remember that too. I was like, he's he's gonna die. Like he's never gonna wrestle again, and he's trying to oh. make sure of that tonight. So I, I was trying to think. Of the the right term for this, and I was this goes back to our episode with Arn and Oli, uh, kind of you know singling out limbs. What's the right term for that? Limb manipulation. What would you call that? Limb manipulation, limb targeting. Uh, and that's I guess that's pretty much it. Working, working, just working a body part. Um, he's working that arm right now and the fingers, which is which is uh, just the way he twists people up, man. And Pete Dunn is a good example of that too but like they get they took a lot from daniel bryan with that because he is working that arm arm right now to keep him grounded i would have enjoyed seeing a pete dunn like nxt pete dunn against this daniel bryan Mm -hmm. i think they would have had a phenomenal match together 
Oh, kitchen, kitchen sink. sink. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're, Great dropkick, too. We're, we're fucking cool. Yeah, we are. You're goddamn right we are. Ref sliding per- in there, too. I like that. He was urgent. Urgency. Yeah. I always preferred Daniel Bryan as a heel more than a baby face. I understand why people got more sympathetic. This is great. He's standing on his fucking face. Uh, that's the heel shit I like. The I have till five, which he does here shortly uh, when he has him in the ropes. And, you know, he has a five count to break the hold. And just the way he, like his face, like his facial expressions as a heel are completely different as than his facial expressions as a baby face. And I think that's why I like him more as a heel. I think, and as a heel, he's like the guy that doesn't know he's five foot six. Oh, yeah. And as a baby face, he has to play that I'm the underdog coming back. As the heel, he's like, I may be small, but I'm going to wrestle you like I'm seven feet tall. Like, I don't, that's not a hindrance, you know. Well, like right now, this match, he's definitely smaller, you know, stature than Sheamus, but he's beating the piss out of Sheamus right now. Well, here's the other thing, man. He can switch back and forth. Because it's just like the planet's champion. He was a straight up baby face, came back from his injury, all that stuff switches right back. I have till five. <laughs> switches right back to being the heel, kicks AJ in the dick, wins the title, and goes on the planet's champion run. And then he turns right back into a baby face after. Like, dude, <laughs> he could do it. He could flip back and forth and, and not miss a beat. You know, I completely He's doing it in AEW now. I completely forgot about some, uh, a segment that he did with him and AJ Lee going forward after this. Um, when he talks about once you've gone, once you've had Brian, there's no point in trying. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> it slipped my mind. It was great. That just goes to prove he'll Daniel Bryan. Fantastic. Well, and it, it, it's to his credit, too. Like at this time, he took some stuff that probably would have demoralized a lot of guys. Like, Okay, I lost my match in 18 seconds. I've been saddled. I've been put with AJ Lee, and she's pretty much the star of it. But then he comes out of it as the star, propels her to being a bigger person, uh, has a wedding on Raw 1000. People don't talk about enough. Um, <laughs> he gets beat up by The Rock <laughs> during he that. He does. He eats a rock bottom on that show. No, which I thought we were going to get a Daniel Bryan rock match out of that, which sadly we didn't, but had to have been something to see. Nice sequence there by Sheamus out of the, out of the corner, comes back out, hits a running knee right in his face. Oh, here comes the 10 beats before it was called the 10 beats of the bower. And you know, just called be, fucking your chest up. You know, it's going to be one of those clips. I'm, I'm going to try to find the, once you, once you go, uh, once you had Brian, there's no point in trying and I'm never going to be able to find it. If <laughs> I vaguely remember that, like I remember it so vividly, not vaguely, vividly remember it. And I completely forgot about it until that moment. And now Stuck in my head, sack of shit. Yup, sack of shit. Yeah, I have my notes here. This is just two dudes beating the piss out of each other, and I love matches like this because they pump up the realism and it draws you in. Uh, and it's two guys that are going to go at it and not complain about it. They're like, this is the type of match both of these dudes like. Up oh, over the back, and it's I it's, love it's, that. It's wild to me that Sheamus had never really suffered you know, oh. more and more severe injuries. I remember there was a while there where they thought Seamus was going to retire because they thought he had a severe back injury. I remember mm-hmm. that. And then that's when he comes back and they he does a bunch of, starts doing the tag stuff for a little while to, I guess, prolong his career or some. Yeah, it was around that time with uh, Shane, or Cesaro, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. They actually have some great match. I don't think we have any of those matches on our list, the matches they're, that he and Cesaro had. They're best of seven like or Cesaro almost kills himself diving through yeah. the the and oh. the, the people shit on the end of that feud because you know they'd like double count out or whatever it was that t- night, but then it turned into something really damn good. I need to go back and look at Sheamus the bar matches because they were having some badass tag matches with the Usos and people of that nature around that time too. Yeah, you're right. That's something I'm gonna have to deep dive at work tomorrow because I have you know a lot of free time. There ooh, was a ooh. spot. Oh, that's great. He went to go. For a hurricane run off the top rope and Sheamus held on. He's going to hit him with a battering ram. There's a spot that we missed while we were talking about that where Sheamus goes to do like a, a shoulder block in the corner and Brian moves and Sheamus's face is on the rope and Brian kicks, kicks the rope. It is a simple but effective looking move. I loved it. And it's just little things like that that people don't do 
enough in wrestling like to create that realism factor because if you were in a real fight and you saw somebody laying with their face on a rope wouldn't you just fucking kick it yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean it's that's arn anderson type shit like you go back to the match with bobby eaton where he's just stomping the knee and then like bobby's rolling over and he just kicks him in the head because it's there like you would do it oh oh man they tease brian gonna do a tope suicida Sheamus cuts his ass off here in a second. He blasts him right in the fucking face. Yeah, he does. Oof. He make the run here. Ooh. Oh. Catches him with a forearm. These guys have got great chemistry, too. Like, no doubt about it. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have more matches after this together. And another guy that Sheamus had a lot of chemistry with was Christian. They oh, had yeah. a bunch of matches, too, but... uh I thought I thought he was gonna sneak one out there when we were, I was watching it uh, originally back in the day. Was, I thought he was gonna sneak one like that. Is how he was gonna get Brian was gonna get his fall. Oh yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that too. Um, in my head, I, I already had it planned that Sheamus was walking out as champion. But I figured they were yeah. gonna have this is the match that they should have had at Mania. So I went in there with that mindset. Brian keeps trying to put on the yes lock, and even Cole's like, you, "This is not the uh, this used to be called the LaBelle lock. Now he calls it the yes lock." Which is always a nice touch. Well, yeah. I, oh, I, I just knew his that wristband stuck, his wrist tape stuck. Oh, on the rope, like on the the back turnbuckle uh, hook. It was sick. It looked like he definitely could have pulled a shoulder or something out, and it, he but it worked so well for the match. He could have pulled a uh, was it Cash Wheeler where he oh yeah he gouged his mm-hmm. oh yeah oh oh smart for Daniel Bryan to incorporate that though. He like he grabs his arm and shoves it into the ring post like to play off that too because he saw it and like you could see for a second he was kind of a little bit worried yeah he looked worried but then again as a in the in character he's like oh shit yes this is what i'm looking for because he's just trying to he's trying to attack that you know trying to attack that arm it makes the most sense and he just keeps working it over limb manipulation manipulation. there it is there it is again (laughs) he's just saying what what am i hung on damn it what am i fucking hung on so this, this is something I want to talk about really quick because you can see it too. Um, you can see it on Daniel Bryan's elbows. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed it because I always forget about it. But I've always wondered what it, what it is. But it's a skin condition. It's called vitiligo is what I believe what it's called. It's an yeah. autoimmune disease that affects the skin and causes its, uh, the skin to lose its pigment. That's, um, that's what they tried to say Michael Jackson had. Yeah. I think that's what the beginnings of it were. Um, yep. But it, it is very common. I know a lot of African-American uh, people, a lot of you know, you know, know, black men and women, they actually go through that. They lose the pigment, and it starts to turn white. Um, but I always wonder what it was, and you, you can start to see it on his elbows. Yep. Here it is, the cocky. I got him. That's got it. Him. That's the heel I like, man. It just it, – his size is out the window, but he – like radiates confidence as a heel. And I love that. I will tell you though, he's breathing heavier in this match than he ever did in the Samoa Joe hour long match. We watched. Well, God forbid Travis, he was working five minute matches <laughs> on superstars for like the last year. Sorry. S- S- Sunday or Saturday morning slam bears. Yeah, bears. bears. God, Bear that's good shit. Bear oh, he got it on him. He got it on we have no it's idea what we're talking about. There was there was this big segment where uh, no one Brian, watched Saturday morning slabs. They could do whatever he wanted to. He was on commentary. It is fantastic. Yes, oh. lock. Got it in. Shucky ducky quack quack man. Shucky ducky. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> no disrespect yes. to Booker T, but he does not need to be on commentary. He is destroying NXT. He is not good on commentary. I don't know who has in their head that he is good. He's a legend. People uh, name people know. And granted, I've heard worse. But like you, man, you got to think they had Mar Bernala. They could have kept Nigel around to do commentary for NXT. It just didn't make good sense. And as we were talking, we I believe we totally missed the first fall when Daniel Bryan had that cocky look on his face. It's from where he continued to kick Sheamus in the arm, and the ref DQ'd him. So he got himself DQ'd, and. Yep. He it's about 15 minutes into the match, and it's a smart strategy because you're, you're losing a fall, but you've af- effectively fucked him up for the rest of the match by continuing to injure the the 
the damn arm, and now he has him in the S-lock, and Sheamus passes out. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I loved that first fall because it was something a heel would do, and it's also a, I'm smarter than you move to. Like, I'm, I'm giving up one, but I know I'm going to get the next one, and then we're going to be right back even. One of the first times I can remember that happening was Brock and Kurt and the Iron Man match because Brock attacks Kurt with a chair and he gets mm-hmm. DQ'd, but then Kurt gets counted out and he, that the chair shots affect him through the rest of the match. And then doesn't doesn't when he gets back in the ring, Brock immediately hits him with an F5 and then he gets so. another fall. So then Believe technically so. he's up a fall. Like this right here, that. though, I don't think we don't think we do because there is an unedited version of the Iron Man match. We talked about that on our John Cena, Shawn Michaels um thing this right here though like if i was daniel bryan what i wish they would have done he would have done is like no this out of the ring it's thrown them out of the ring but like no this fucker is down i'm gonna pin him like that would have been but i I get it he was probably thinking well they're gonna give the match to me because he can't continue yeah you can play it off either way but as as like a sadistic kill he should be throwing them out of the ring and just kicking the shit out of his arm Mm mm-hmm which and it's the, a way to it's a way to keep Seamus kind of strong that he never tapped out because oh Seamus yeah. was still at this point like a badass that wouldn't give up. But there's a CM Punk's favorite doctor. Uh, <laughs> well, also on that too, he's uh, gonna give Seamus a Z pack. He's gonna give him a Z pack. He's gonna shit his pants. <laughs> Stand him up. Stand him, Brian. Uh, Brian didn't have the running knee yet, so he didn't really have uh-huh. a finisher other than the label lock. Yes, lock. Yeah, because he wouldn't get the uh, the running knee to it almost a year later. Yep. Yeah, he would debut on, on that match we covered against John Cena at SummerSlam 2013. Look, the, look the at the crowd, are loud. Yeah, they're, they're popping for him, dude. And it's simple. It's a simple chant. Anybody can do it. Your kid can do it. Your grandpa, your grandpa can do it. Everybody can do it. It's awesome, yep. you know, that he was able to capitalize on one simple word to get over. And he's a heel, and he's got... The crowd, I'd say there's probably a good for a good fifty percent of the crowd doing it there. Oh, oh, that's a that was a great desperation brogue kick, and yep. I think My, Michael, that's where that's where the match should have ended. Michael Cole hit hit that call perfect when that happened. He did. He's like, is that a desperation? Weird guy with the the hair was yelling no when that happened. <laughs> See, that's to me that should have been the finish. Because Brian was the cocky heel. He was eating up all that time. Sheamus catches him. That should have been the finish right there. He kicks at it too. I think that should have been the finish. Oh, and it would have given him, it would have been a callback to the Mania match too. And everything. But uh, I get what they were doing. They didn't want, I guess they wanted Brian to look like he wasn't going to get fooled again. So right after that bro kick and they get up, they go into like a whole new level, like a whole new gear and they start beating the shit out of each other. Nope. The crowd is into it. They don't ever lose the crowd in this match. Even when they do the whole thing with the doctors in the ring, Brian keeps them engaged. And I I miss when the sets were different by the way, just to throw that back out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks cool back there. Uh, cool thing here is there he's kicking him so hard in the arm. He kicks oh. him so yeah. He kicks him square in the fucking head here in a second. He's kicking him in the, the you know, the, the back and the, oh, the arm, the face. Oh, oh. <laughs> he kicked him God. right in the damn ear. Damn. Half Nelson he, roll over. Oh, a, at this point, the it, it's probably about 70 30 now. Brian is getting a chance. They they are booing, actively booing Seamus. It's oh, yeah, like they, because they, right there, they were doing the boo, yes. And I think they do it a, a, again here in a minute. Boo, yeah, boo, yeah, boo. Up, oh, going to the top. Oh. Just like Flair, when you're here, you can't do that shit. Nope. Got caught. And he's throwing some fucking haymaker of forearms. Never stops selling the arm, man. Oh. Yep, he sells it the entire the rest of the match. I even at this time, man, Sheamus can fucking go. Yep. Here it comes. I think his character was just very bland. He said I'm glad yeah. they added more to it. Well, and that probably wasn't his doing. They probably 
just want him to be that Irish ass kicker. I I like Sheamus better when he he can actually be himself a little bit. Oh yeah, he's a funny guy. Oh. For a oh. Chris Benoit esque diving headbutt. No. Oh, that's and that you know some of those headbutts may be the ones that fucking put him out for quite a while. Here it is, slow motion. Oh god, dude, he 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 didn't hold anything back. He fucking welled him. Oh, man, that felt him all felt that that all the way back in Ireland. Oh like, god, fuck, what do I gotta do? Oh, that always scared me when he did that when he missed that drop kick. Big yeah, ass, but, he starts hitting him with the forearms here. They gotta give it to it though, man. The, the, they put a lot of trust in Sheamus fairly quickly, and he never let them down. No, I agree completely. He's a big man guy. Like he's a body dude. Irish he curse. He's 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 pale white, so he has a great look. He's jacked. I mean, what isn't there not to like? Dude can work. He can fucking scrap. He he has a great repertoire of, of moves. Face heel. He can do both. I like him better as a heel, though. Oh god! Oh, the bro. Oh. great! So sell. good though. So good though. The only complaint I have in this match is the finish kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and he, he calls for it. I would have rather him uh, have kind of snuck one off of a rebound off the ropes or something. Caught Brian by surprise, which goes back to your point. That one should have been the end. That should have been the end of the match, but. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Easily played off that Brian was like, "Yo, oh, I wasn't anticipated. Got caught, basically." The vegan is wrong. That's what that sign said. <laughs> oh man, Bella. I, I love Seamus' song. Uh, Daniel Bryan's music is my wake up alarm. <laughs> Lindsay hates it. It's fun. She said, "Will you turn that off?" I'm like, "No, I can't. I can't." Oh, God, he sold, he sold it so it good, so well, man! It looks so good. Great match. If you like a hard hitting match, this is the one for you. Uh, Cagematch.net users rated this match an an eight point six nine out of ten. That's pretty damn high. Yeah, especially in an era where there's there's some there's some good wrestling in WWE, but two thousand I'd say what it was like two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen is not looked upon as a a favorable era of WWE, but there's some some good stuff in there. But it's a lot of it's because there's so much repetitive of the same stuff going on is why it gets a bad rap. But then you get to see stuff like this, so you can't hate on all of it. I have to agree with our buddy Brandon. He thinks you know if they're going to have one, um, if they're going to have a, a world title, there should be one mm-hmm. prize that people are fighting for. And I agree because then you run into the situation like this where Punk is your WWE champion. But the other title belt feels like a secondary title. Yep. It makes the other guys feel less than, and it really shouldn't have made them feel like, be like that. But um, the WWE title was always going to be the title. Oh, yeah. The, the only time I felt like it may not have been was when Triple H was the champion in like 02, 03, 04. I kind of felt like the world title may have been a little bit more important then. But it's because like Triple H had it. I, I would look at them as equals. Yeah. I really do feel like they were equal. There was enough time and there was enough focus on each show for that. But rolling into the aftermath, Travis, a beat the clock challenge was held on Raw to crown a new number one contender for CM Punk's WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan would set the fastest time by defeating Jerry Lawler in under three minutes, which would lead to Punk and Bryan having banger matches at Over the Limit, and a return match at Money in the Bank. Nope. Yep. Which that's the Money in the Bank matches when he comes out with that that jacket you were talking about. Yeah, I'm just about, what the hell is that? It suited his character. <laughs> he was the anarchist, man. It made sense, yeah. in my opinion. After Extreme Rules on an episode of Raw, Sheamus and Randy Orton faced Alberto Del Rio and Chris Jericho with Sheamus accidentally hitting a brogue kick to Orton, followed by Jericho hitting the code breaker on Sheamus and pinning him. Orton then gave Sheamus an RKO after the match. The World Heavyweight Championship would be defended in a fatal four-way match at Over the Limit, the same show Brian wrestles CM Punk, uh, with Sheamus pinning Chris Jericho to retain the title. Daniel Bryan would enter his feud with Kane, which would lead to the Dr. Shelby anger management classes and the formation of Team Hell No. Underrated time. It was yep. great. 
Because don't we get a triple threat? It's Kane, Brian, and Punk at No Way Out when they bring No Way Out back. We do because the because. next because then I think we run into the SummerSlam shortly after, and it's Big Brian. Show, Cena, and Punk. Punk, and that's when Punk wears his Bret Hart gear. Yeah, because that's when AJ's wearing the Kane mask, skipping around too, and she like kisses every guy in the match. I'm pretty sure. I believe you're right. Yeah, because no. you know, which leads you know, that's right around the same time they do the Money in the Bank stuff and the the Raw 1000s around that time as well. And Punk turns heel, so this is actually a pretty fun time for wrestling. There's some good shit in there. Yep, like I said, it, it it's not talked about enough. I mean, it's a it's an era people kind of just they think back of and just think of Cena, Cena, Cena. But this is a very good era. Like I feel like when Brock came back, it gave wrestling a spark that it kind of needed again to keep rolling i mean you had you had your rock and uh cena stuff coming up you know but this was a this was a good spark good kickoff yeah i completely agree uh sheamus would remain world heavyweight champion until october 2012 when he would lose the title to the big show at hell in a cell well it's the big slow he should not have had the title belt (sighs) that's silly i agree Travis, let's polish this match off, man. What did you think of this one? I I agree with it being on the list, man. Just uh, just a good hard hitting match. Uh, the match they should have had at at WrestleMania. Um, I like the heel tactic by Daniel Bryan. I like uh, that he shows that he can wrestle a guy bigger than him. That he's the the heel that feels like he's seven feet tall. That uh, he's going to work that body part. He's going to take advantage of Sheamus's mistakes. I just I feel like um, this was a, a real coming coming out party for Brian. And this time was hey, I can be a main event guy. And the chemistry between him and Sheamus is great. And Sheamus looks like a stud, a star in this too. That he you know overcomes, he catches the the kick, and he retains. And and they get past the eighteen seconds thing. Um, and let let him get on his title reign where he goes and wrestles Dolph Ziggler and and Orton and people like that. So um, I think it did to both guys a world of wonder because uh, Sheamus had kind of cooled off uh, some at this point and it kind of helped get his get him back on track. I agree. Hill uh, Daniel Bryan, ten out of ten for me. Uh, like I said, this leads into his feud with CM Punk. They have great matches. Some of those matches are on our list, and Sheamus he just year after year he gets better and better and uh, a lot of that i think comes to being thrusted into the spotlight fast and having to adapt and become a better worker and have a better gimmick over time as well uh, to kind of keep up with everything highly recommend this match guys it was good start to finish uh, there's not a whole lot of lull in this match uh, even the part when sheamus is you know being attended to by the medical staff it looks good Brian's keeping the crowd into it. The crowd is split, and you can tell that Daniel Bryan's going to go on to bigger and better things. Well, and even in that part, like you said, they got the camera in Shamus' face and the, uh, you know, the medical associate's face or whatever Vince May wants to call him. And, uh, you know, they keep it, they're keeping the, the people engaged with it. And then Brian's keeping the people in the arena engaged. So very, very few uh, lulls or rest spots or anything in this match. I mean, everything, everything means something. Um, the arm taking advantage of him getting his arm hung on the post, all that stuff. It, it, um, it's a very, very good match. Hashtag limb manipulation. Hashtag. <laughs> well, Travis, we're getting to that point in the show where we go to our will of destiny. We have our list guys. If you've listened to the podcast in the past or it's your first time, this is how we pick our matches that we cover right now. We have a running list of over the last 40 years of matches featuring pretty much every major wrestling company from WWF, WWE, WCW, Jim Crockett promotions, NWA, AEW, ring of honor, NXT, uh, UWF, AWA. There's some old stuff on there too. Uh, And even the local show that I'm involved with NGW has some matches on here. Uh, The list right now, Travis, 273 matches still on our list. Well, I've got a running list here beside my computer here of of stuff going on. So got some more stuff to add to the list here. Eventually probably will think of some stuff on that ride to Disney world that I already took. 
Um, but you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll think of some more stuff for that. Uh, but yeah, guys. So how it works is we take that whole list of matches, the all 273 that we have, we put them into a randomizer, we shuffle it, and then we put it into the wheel of names, the wheel of destiny, spin it and whatever match it lands on. That's the match we cover. So Travis, what do you think we're going to get this next week? Man, I am going to go ruthless aggression WWE. I think that's I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say we're going to get some NXT again. NXT, NXT. Let's see what we, what we get here. We're going to spin the wheel and God, I hope it's the Wrestle Rock. I really hope it's the Wrestle Rock. Rock. Please don't be. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, it's stopping. Oh. What did you say it was going to be? Wrestle Rock Shuffle? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Ruthless Aggression WWE. You are right. And it is a <sighs> banger of a fucking match. Kurt <sighs> Angle versus Chris Benoit, Royal Rumble 2003. Oh, hell yeah. Benoit That's gets a of... standing ovation from this match. After the match. And this is always in Kurt Angle's top five um, matches that he is proud of. So um, I know. We've said it before. Chris Benoit is a, a saw, you know, a sore subject for some people. But I've always been able to separate what he did in wrestling from what happened, uh, and not glorify that part of you know his life. Um, but the, his body of work in wrestling can't be denied. And no. this this match is a huge spotlight on that. These two guys had instant chemistry from the times they touched in two thousand two thousand one all the way through their WWE careers together. So they, they didn't have a bad match, but this is arguably their best match. Even oh, as yeah. a tag team, they were great. So there's, there's a couple of Benoit matches, uh, Benoit and Kurt Angle matches on our list. There's one from, I believe unforgiven 2002, um, where I think it's in the, they, they have a match. I can't remember. I think they have a match for the U S title tournament. That could mm-hmm. be the same show. I could be wrong. I can't remember exactly. But around that same time, they're in the U.S. title tournament. They have some good matches. Um, there were some matches I watched on SmackDown. I think it was Lesnar and Benoit had a fantastic match on the end of the year of 2003 into 2004. Uh, some There's, pretty good shit. They have a series of matches in 01 from WrestleMania right oh, on Oh, that's on there too? The Backlash Judgment match. Day. They have that 30-minute match, like that 30-minute ultimate submission match. They have the yep. the – Two out of three falls where they had to have the the medals hanging above the ring. Yeah, with the ladder. Yeah, these it, guys clicked. Yep, and they can they put on a damn show here, man. But this is to me, this is the match that said, okay, Benoit can be a world champion for us because it's a year later he wins the world title. Well, and, I imagine we'll we'll talk about it as well. Is around the same time, you know, Kurt gets hurt the following mm-hmm. uh, month at. No way out, and he's uh, Lesnar's teaming with Benoit. Benoit's almost thrusted into the main event because they don't think Kurt's going to be able to go. So yep. that is telling you something. This match that we're going to watch propelled him to a level, even in Vince McMahon's eyes, saying that dude's main event quality right there. Yep, yep, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to watching that one. It's one I have not watched recently, so I am I am down to watch that and get and get ready. Um, Get ready for that uh, epic encounter. Yeah, man. Let's uh, go ahead and polish this episode off. Travis, what you got for me? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, as always, just selling stuff over there on the eBay at TGL The Man 12. Uh, working on getting more stuff put up there as, when I return from the uh, world of Disney. Um, just doing working on that. Be sure to check out podcast with the Wrestling Purists for Lockdown 2010. Um the always a shout out to those dudes for allowing us to be on their podcast and shoot the shit. Hopefully we can all four get on there one day and uh, give us, give some opinions on the current state of wrestling uh, as we have done before. But um, just, uh, you know, looking forward to getting back from the vacay and, and seeing what, seeing what the summer brings for the pod and everything else. And, you know, shout out to the guys of there, bleeding John, um, you know, last week he didn't bleed. Uh, I'm going to try to predict the future this week and say he will be bleeding on dynamite as we're recording this because this is definitely happening live. 
<laughs> oh man, Travis, I hope you get home safe. Uh, go ahead and polish this off really quick, guys. You can follow us on all social media platforms, uh, wrestling recommendations on Facebook and on fucking TikTok. Couldn't think there. Twitter, Twitter. wrestling recom, R E C O M M. Uh, also check out NGW guys. We have a show coming up, uh, bar, uh, bar show ring, ringlish aggression is what we're calling mm-hmm. it. No ring, no rules. Uh, it's a pretty cool little show. We do, we do them a, a couple times a year. Uh, it's a fun experience. Uh, really quick. I know we're running out of time here. Um, I found out today that a good friend of mine passed away. His name was Mike. Mike's family took me in when I had nowhere to go. And, uh, I got kicked out of my house when I was 17. I moved back to Florida with just a couple, you know, dollars in my pocket, uh, they opened their arms and their house to me. Uh, I'll always be forever grateful. Mike just went down a path that a lot of us uh, avoid, and uh, I got the best of them. Mike's fucking 34 years old and passed away. So uh, this episode is dedicated to my buddy Mike Pally, who passed away. Um, but until next week, guys, uh, Travis will be back home, and we'll be back to normal covering Chris Benoit and fucking Kurt Angle. And uh, I'm really excited for that one, Travis. Me too, man. It's uh gonna it's gonna be great. It's true. It's damn true. It's damn true. Like I said, guys, I'm Eddie. This is Travis, and we will talk to you then.